What's going on, thinkers? Welcome back to another episode of Thoughts by the VLDI. You know, I search all over the globe and try to bring you the most interesting people that I can find. And I've got somebody else here with me today. She is a wife, mother, author, and serial entrepreneur. We're going to have to get her to explain what a serial entrepreneur is because that caught my attention. We got Miss Rachel Penn. How are you doing today? I am good. I'm good. <laughs> glad to be here. I'm glad to have you here. You know, I'm always super appreciative when people take the time out to speak with me on the podcast because you could be doing anything in the world right now. <laughs> so, um, basically, right now, won't you just just kind of expound on your on your intro a little bit? Tell us, other than those titles, tell us a little <laughs> bit about about who uh, Rachel Penn is. All righty now. So, uh, like I said, I'm Rachel Pins. I'm a mother of four sons, only only boys. Um, and so, I, well, the reason I say I'm a serial entrepreneur because I own a childcare center since '09. Mm-hmm. Um, and due to the pandemic, I just closed it uh, March the 15th of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty much forced to do so. I have a sick son, mm-hmm. and so I wasn't willing to, you know risk my son's life for other people, you know, to have the children in and out, their parents, that's a lot. So due to my liability, I closed my center over 12 years, <laughs> mm. but it is what it is. Um, I also own a body sculpting business. Um, so I help people not only like feel great because I'm a life coach, I help them look great also. Awesome. Exactly, I'm an author. And so that's why I say I'm a serial entrepreneur because I can do all things. <laughs> I hear you, there's nothing wrong with that, man. They- you know, what's that old saying? Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. Exactly. So you've been, um, you have been pretty, uh, pretty, I'd say, uh, um, I guess heavily would be the word impacted by the, the uh, pandemic having to close <sighs> down your. I cried for two weeks when I finally had to make the decision to just do it. Mm-hmm. I know that they say that there's money out there and I've applied for it and I didn't receive any funds. And so, you know, my landlord was not trying to hear me paying half of my rent. Like he wanted the whole rent. And I'm like, look, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't have any kids. <laughs> We're not working right now. Yeah. Uh, I gladly allowed my, my employees to get unemployment. Um, and so I really wanted to ride out the pandemic. And then when it was over, I was just going to bounce back and do my center because I still have parents who's, they're not going anywhere. Mm. Like I've been having their kids since six weeks old. <laughs> so they they wouldn't they wouldn't even be willing or wanting to take their kids to anybody besides me, That's you know. Yeah. But at the same time, my husband is is you know putting everything, so I'm not going to ask him to put our home and put a center that's not even making money. So I just had to make the cho- a choice that was best for my family. Yeah, my um my girlfriend, she's a assistant director at a at a daycare, and I think they only closed for like a week here and then they were they opened back up but they she said they haven't had a whole lot of uh students actually showing up you know because of the pandemic and people not wanting to get their children disposal and disposal and things like that um so 
you reside in, in Texas. I'm in Texas. And believe it or not, there's a lot of centers that decided to reopen after a week. There's mm -hmm. a lot of centers who actually didn't even close at all. So I'm curious as to what's life like in Texas right now? Because I'm in Georgia. <laughs> what's life like in Texas right now with the shutdown? All right, Tina. Um, we just opened, I want to say on Friday, the nail shop, the hair salons, everybody was able to open, of course, with restrictions. Um, but like I said, my, my lashes are not done. <laughs> <laughs> my nails isn't done. And I have my hair natural right now. Um, nothing is worth my son's help. And so I'm still, I'm still sheltering into place. It's, I just got to do what's best for my family. My son has sickle cell disease. He had four strokes in 2019. Mm -hmm. So me going out to get my lashes done or my nails done or my hair and come back with the coronavirus is not going to be good for my household. <laughs> Definitely not. But guess what? They flock into these beaches. Because <laughs> it now, is beautiful here in Texas. The weather is beautiful. It's yeah, 80s the, and 70s. The weather's been nicer too. I'm not going. I'm not going fraud. I did run out last week and got a haircut. My, uh, <laughs> my barber called me and he was like, "Hey." Uh, just want to let you know, I'm back. I opened the shop, but we're only doing, we're only letting four people in at a time and you have to make an appointment. So it's like, it was just two barbers and like I said, letting four people in. They had four chairs in each corner of the shop. So you came in, you went to your designated corner and sat there and they were sanitizing after every, every cut, you know, spraying everything down and whatnot. So I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm I'm gonna risk it for the biscuit today, you know. <laughs> I I gone probably a good month with with you know just trimming it and, and cutting it myself, and then, but I, I'm pretty familiar with those guys, and I know that during the the shutdown, they are the type that were taking precaution themselves and weren't just exactly. out running around. And since I was gonna be one of the first few people <laughs> that got into the shop that day, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take advantage a, of this. Yeah, I'm gonna take <laughs> advantage. Get in here before everybody else get my hair cut. I'm gone. I think he, I, he said I was like the second person he cut that morning. But yeah, I, I got in and got out. So have have because like in Atlanta, a lot of people have just pretty much been going on life as normal. Have they had that same attitude in Texas, or are they taking it a little bit more serious? They have that same attitude in Texas. And my attitude is, you do what you want to do, and that's fine. And I'm going to take care of my family, and I'm staying sheltered into place. Definitely. So, yes, people are definitely out and about. They're definitely getting their hair done, their nails done. Um, since everything's open, I mean, the beaches was packed the first day. Um, and, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not judging. People have to make decisions that's best for them, you yeah. know? That's why I'm just going to stay right here. I'll be 50 years old. I'll be uh, 90, 80, telling everybody how I survived the pandemic. <laughs> the survivor. <laughs> I'm <Okay>. the survivor. <laughs> yeah, and then I thought my reasoning was that um, my in my field, my professional field, I am considered essential. So I was like, okay, I got to go out here in this every day anyway. So more likely, I got, I'm more likely to catch it at work than I am at the right. barbershop. So I'm going to go, since I got to be in this every day, I'm going to go to the barbershop. And I think a lot of people have that attitude that it's like, I have to, I'm not one of the people who had the the luxury and, and it's great that people do have it, have had the ability to actually be home and take care of themselves and their families 
and not put them in that dangerous position, but a lot of people don't. So I think a lot of those people are like, if I got to, if I got to go out here anyway and risk it for whatever company, then I'm going to go and do some things that I want to do too. And that makes, that makes sense. And it does. And that's why a lot of daycare centers, they did not have to close, you know, but, but let me break it down to you for a second. I was a manager in corporate America. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when I had my son who, who was born very ill. And so when I left my first marriage, um, when I went, to, when I left my first marriage and I went, I'm still in corporate America and my son continuously kept getting sick. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do now being a single mom, you know, with mm. this sick child? Like, how can I make the same amount of money that I make in corporate America, if not more money, but take care of my son? And so I, that's why I choose the daycare center. You know, I choose the center because I'm able to take care of my own kids. I'm able to get an income and I love kids, mm. you know? And so it worked out great for me. But at the same token, my son is now 20. <laughs> the whole reason why I did the center. So why would I risk, why would I keep my essential business open? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. The reason why I left a job, a good paying job was for my child's health. So I'm definitely not going to open my essential job that can jeopardize my child's health. You know, and now I'm married. And my husband's like, I agree. If you don't feel comfortable and you don't want to do something, I'm never going to make you do what you don't want to do. He said, I want you to be a housewife, but that's just not in you. <laughs> <laughs> so now yeah. I'm like a house, I'm like a house boss. <laughs> he, had, he, tried, he had to slide that one in there, a little suggestion. Yeah, he, he, tried, he tried it, but that's just not my personality. <laughs> I need to, you know, I at least got to bring about $8,000 in. I'm sorry, you know, trust me. I, I got that hustle. I got that hustle mentality. I'm gonna bring in some coins. <laughs> I hear you. Have you been able to, uh, or have you even had the desire to like try to your fitness uh, uh, business? Have you tried to do anything with that online since the pandemic? You know, I did. I actually uh, did. My classes are usually a thousand dollars to take my classes. They're two days. They're sixteen hours, and you get a certificate to be your own body sculpting business. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I actually dropped the price just to $300, uh, and I did it online. And so uh, I had the girls uh, set up. They, I had to be able to see them to make sure they were paying attention. I sent them their uh, work through email. <laughs> and I uh, practiced on, um, on a pillow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I did body sculpting on the pillow. So, yes, I am still making coins, doing the quarantine <laughs> with the body sculpting. I hear you. Where there's a will, there is a way. It is. It is. Now, I thought about, now I'm not going to lie, I thought about uh, doing a, a fitness thing online. Mm -hmm. I'm just not that person. <laughs> I, I, You know, I, I am 100, well, I think I'm 123. I'm 123.54. Mm -hmm. Huh, that's not from exercising. <laughs> 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 so... I thought I'm like, okay, Rochelle, you can do this. You got it. You and I'm like, no, you don't. You, no, I don't want. I don't want to dedicate myself every other day. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was wondering because, uh, like my the gym that I go to, they have, you know, they're closed down. They're still closed. Even when the the governor said they could open up, they was like, nah, we're not opening. But we'll send we'll send you these twenty minutes. We have these twenty minute classes every day you can participate in. I was like, okay, I see they, they're trying to keep it going. You but know, that's their know. passion though. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that's their passion. So, you know, you're going to rep your passion. Okay. Now so. with the, I'm curious with the body sculpting, is that like the, the, uh, what is that? Is that the thing like with the lasers 
Yes, yes. So mine is radio frequency. So it's just like the laser is is uh, non invasive, so you do not get cut at all, and there's no downtime. Ooh. And so I'm a mother of four, and so I've always wrapped myself. So I wrap myself, and I do like skinny coffee, healthy coffee, keto like kind of things. So I've always kept my weight that way. Uh, and so people always be like, "Oh, you look so good to have four kids." So I have, actually have five because I have a son who married in, but. Uh, I have four of my own natural born kids. And they be like, I just cannot believe that your little bitty frame had four kids. I'm like, yes, because little bitty frame, I'll be rapping. You know, <laughs> you, you, you know, you got to train your body. And they're like, you don't exercise. I'm like, I'll be thinking about it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey. I think about it, though. I'll be in my bed like, you know what? Why now I should do like 10 sit-ups? I'll be like, okay, that's on the commercial. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if it works, then work it, man. My, it my- works. My motivation to work out has been very low since the gym's closed because I'm a typical guy. I focus a lot on lifting and, oh, you know, the whole, the bands, the exercise bands. And I go down to this lake by my house. They have a little track around there and I try to do some cardio and so on and so forth. And it's just like, man, this is not fun at all. I need to pick something up. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you, li- okay. So, yeah. And like you said, everybody is different, but you have to know what you need, though. So when they open back up, we know where you're going to be. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm, 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 look, like I said, risky for the biscuit. They tell me I can come. I'm going to throw on my mask and grab my sanitizer, and I'll be, I'll be the test dummy. And you out. You out. <laughs> I'm up through there. <laughs> now, today, you said you wanted to speak about today your um, self-help book. Sorry about tell- that. Are you still with us? Yes, I'm here. Okay, you said you said you want to speak about your self help book on it. Tell us about that. Okay, so I I feel like in life the reason why we we're not successful or we continuously do the same things because we don't know why we do them mm-hmm. because we don't know why we do them right. Yeah. So um, when I left my first husband, I went through a little bit of depression, um, and then I just started realizing like a lot of the things and a lot of the issues that I had was because of my life. Like I, I was a victim of molestation, you know? So I was a very angry person. Uh, and I'm gonna blame my Scorpio sign a little bit too. <laughs> uh, I'm a Scorpio too. So you already know, it, it, yeah. real quick, real quick, we'll get you. So- And once, uh, once, you, once I don't like you, I probably don't like you forever. For life, <laughs> yes, for life. Like it's, we're done, like we're, yeah, that's, that's our sign, it's not even our fault, we can't even fix that. Just let that, just put that in the trash, okay. so. <laughs> Um, so being a victim of being molested, watching my mom and dad separate, just a lot of things that I carried in my life that I just never let go. Mm -hmm. So when my first husband used to beat me, and I don't mean like natural, I don't mean like the regular beating that people think. I mean like gotta go and get stitches in my mouth and tell people I had a car accident, that type Mm -hmm. of beating. Um, not being able to hear my ear because it was ringing because he choked me out. You know, like I used to, he used to, and it wasn't, it wasn't often. But it was, I, I don't know, I can't tell you. He was a drinker. I would come home one day. Like I told you, I worked long hours. I was in corporate America. I made good money. So I would come home, be like, oh, so you worked all day, really? And before I know it, we're fighting. Being a Scorpio that I am, I'm not, I can't just let you hit me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so we full-blown fighting. And so, but as I, but not trying to talk about domestic violence just going on, I realized I stayed in that relationship. See, people don't understand why you stay. They think that it's love and they think that it's your kids, but what they don't realize it's it's something that makes you stay. And if you don't know why you're why you're staying, you're never gonna leave. Mm-hmm. And so when I when I finally left, 
you know, somebody asked me the question, why did you stay so long? And I really didn't know, I really didn't know the answer. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm the type of person that want to know stuff. So I just started praying and meditating on my life and on the things that I was going through. And I started writing my book called Own It. And it's called Own All Your Situations, whether they're good or bad. Never give up. It's always a way through and trust and believe that you can do it. But it first starts with owning it, owning everything that happened to you. And so the purpose of me saying that is I stayed with my first husband because I did not want to go through a divorce because I didn't want my kids to see that. Right? Mm-hmm. It was, that was the first part of it. The second part is I, I felt like I was, I was molested because my mom and dad got a divorce, right? Mm-hmm. And because I was molested by my mom's boyfriend's brother. So in my head, if I don't divorce, my kids will never get touched, right? Yeah. And they would never feel, I felt, what's the right word? I felt alone. I felt abandoned when my dad left because I was a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, when you divorce, parents like to take the children, right? Yeah. To show you, you should have stayed on, you know, but you, they don't realize that it really hurts the kids. And so that kind of messed with me as I grew up. And then when I got with my spouse who loved me like for life, like he, I, I would die for you. I would kill my, I would take my own life for you. So when you have somebody who tell you they take their life for you. They love you. They give you four beautiful kids. You have a beautiful home. Y'all have cars. You have to like gonna take these whoopings you know because mm-hmm. these whoopings is way it's better than my children getting molested it's better than my children feeling abandoned and so I stayed for so long because of my past and so own it helps you realize help me and it helps a lot of people people who buy my book like oh my god I, I understand now you know why do we keep finding the same man but once you once you read on it and you start doing the workbook, you realize I keep finding the same men because of A, B, and C. You know, the yeah. reason I stayed in my marriage was because of A, B, and C. The reason I do this is because A, B, and C. Because if you don't understand why you do something, you're going to continuously do it again. So I called it owning it. Let's own what happened to you. Let's, I, I own that I was molested. It's okay that it happened, right? But it's yeah. not something that's going to make me still be angry at the world because the world did nothing to me, you know? If you did something to me that I didn't like, I'm going to put these hands on you, hands down. I feel bad for my parents, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I used to fight like that because I was molested and he took something from me. Yeah. So anytime anybody was threatening me or was taking something from me or made me feel any type of uncomfortableness, my reaction to the uncomfortableness is anger, frustration, and fighting, you know? Yeah, I can I can relate to that. But know. I carried that into adulthood and I carried it out through my divorce. I kept carrying it. And when I got into my new relationship, I told I told my husband, I'll say, Who you talking to? I put these hands on you. <laughs> 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 no, for real. Like I meant that like I was serious. And he looked at me yeah. like what? What's wrong with you? And you know, but that's like I'm telling you, when once I wrote on it, I don't even want to fight people no more. Like I'd be like, you don't even understand what I do to you. I was back back in the day. <laughs> oh yeah. You don't even yeah. you don't even understand how God in this book is saving me from choking you out right now. But own it, cleanse your cleanse you. So things that used to bother you can't even bother you no more because you've already owned that pain, right? Yeah. It, it, I already own it. It's that's it's not a, that's not a pain that you can that you could just poke this bear no more because I, I own it. I understand why I stayed in a divorce, so I don't feel ashamed. People like to make you feel ashamed about stuff. Oh, so he beat you? Oh, 
I never let nobody on. Oh, I, I don't feel ashamed that I, that I got beat for you. Or what you did, I own that. <laughs> or what were you doing that, that made him do that to you? Exactly. I, I hear exactly. people say stuff like that a lot. They do. And then you feel like, and you know what? I, you know what I used to say to the answer? Because I'm a Scorpio and because my mouth is slick. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's, why. Why. that's mom, why I used to get beat. My mom was actually in an abusive relationship with my father. It was, this was all when leading up until my birth, because he left, like, I think they said like a year after I was born. But he, she used to tell me about, the, you know, the stories of, you know, he, if she went in the bathroom for too long, it was like, it, it's somebody in the bathroom. Because, you know, this is before cell phones. This is exactly this is before a cell phone. So it's like, it's somebody in the bathroom. Why are you in there type of thing? And I was like, what? So as I got older, I actually asked him, you know, uh, I didn't confront him about the stories I heard. I just asked him, you know, why did you and my mom get divorced anyway? And he had one of those long silences. And then he was like, well, you got to ask your mom. And I say, uh, I did. So uh, what'd you tell her? What did she tell you? And I told him and he just went went completely silent. It was just like no response to that. And I was like, okay. Um, my plan was to put my hands on him. Right? <laughs> to be 100%. Honest, <laughs> I, want, I, wanted to, I wanted to see what he was going to say. And, you know, so I could justify, you know, I'm, about, I'm, about, I'm, I'm big now. I'm a man now. I'll, I'm about to put my hands on you as soon as you tell me this story. But just to, people grow. People grow. They do. And from the his body language, I felt it kind of made me feel, I guess, empathy for him because yeah. it was like he was ashamed. Once he realized that I that I knew the stories, I had heard, been told the stories, it was like he was ashamed of himself. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to – you're hurting yourself or hurting inside already yourself. Exactly. I think you've exactly. – um, you know, I think you that's enough. I don't need to put my hands on it. So that was one time that I – let my higher self take over my lower uh, uh, desires. <laughs> that's that, that's called that growth. That growth. So, what do you think is so hard for us to own up to our stuff? To own our because stuff. It's so easy to stay mad. Like it's so easy to blame other people. Like it's so easy for me to act a fool and say because I was molested, because my mom and dad separated, because I feel neglected because I don't feel love, because, 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 I can just act up. I can become an alcoholic. I can pop pills. I can drink. I can beat my kids. I can beat my spouse. I can verbally abuse everybody that I want to because of the things that happened to me. It's so much easier to play victim than to own, than to own it. Mm. That makes sense. It, it, and you know, I... The things that I went through in life as a Scorpio, I got to a point where I actually became more comfortable being angry than I was like being happy. Yeah. yeah when things yeah. were when things were going great, it was like I'm I'm kinda I, I started to realize as I got older, like I'm kinda itching for something to go wrong <laughs> so that I can get back into my happy place, which my happy place was actually my angry place. It was like, because, you know, I grew up in, I got, I got bullied a good bit in elementary school, and then I grew a little bit, then I started to realize my strength, and 
you know, like you said, you, you get angry and then you become aggressive. And I just, I wrote that out long as I could until it was like, um, my mother used to always tell me that she was afraid like somebody was going to shoot me or hurt me bad because I like to put my hands on people. And a lot of times I'd be victorious when I put my hands on people. And she was like, one day you're going to put your hands on somebody and they ain't going to be able to beat you and they're going to do something to you real bad. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Young, 20-something, Superman, nobody can touch me. And then somebody actually shot at me <laughs> one day. And I was like, oh. yeah, you know what? Mom was right. It's time to put these hands up. It's like, this is, <laughs> this is, it was an eye-opening type thing. And I was like, because you, and then you start, I started to realize that a lot of the problems I was having, I was kind of causing because I was more comfortable in that space. So, you know, right. I create a situation out of something small so that I can basically feel comfortable because all this love and affection and stuff is making me feel awkward. Right. Now. You don't have to say it on the, on the show, but I want you to think about later on, later on tonight, go back to that place because there's something, and you might already know what it is. There's something that made you feel that way. There's something in your life that you was happier. It was, it's, it's like a magnet. It's like a, um, that's not the correct, correct word I was trying to say. It's like a defense mechanism, right? Mm-hmm. And so something in your life made you feel like when you was angrier, you was more in control. Something in your life, and that's, and that's what you hold on. And so until you really know what that is, sometimes it's hard to shut it off because you don't even know what that is. If that, does that make sense? It does. You know, and that's why my book Own It is so important to me. And that's why I made it into a workbook. Because I'm, and I'm not using a race out there, but a lot of Black people are not going to go and get help. Yeah. You know, and so you don't have to go get help. You can read my book and it's going to ask you, what's your first memory? How did you feel about that? And then I say, because you felt you did everything in life. You feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in life that we say that's neutral. That's a lie. Nothing's really neutral. You, you feel a way, you know. And so I want you to in tune, get in tune with that, with that, how you feel. See, I say I'm neutral a lot because I don't want to feel either way. You know, it's not mm-hmm. that I can't, I just opt not to. It's not worth the energy, you know? Yeah. Y'all arguing about that? How you feel? I'm good. No, I, I, if I really put myself in the situation, I could pick a side and I could tell you why I picked that side, right? But it's so much easier to say that it was neutral, that it was fine, that it didn't bother me, that my dog died, that was okay. That's a part of life. No, you, it was an emotion that triggered when your dog died, mm-hmm. you know? Something that everything has a trick and everything you, you feel a certain way. And so the book just helps you get in tune with what that feeling was. And the purpose of you getting in tune with that feeling is because the next time something happens, you're going to go, God dang it, I remember. Oh, yes, this is why I hate black. You know? Yeah. I hate wearing black. Oh, my God. Now I know. I, my memory at seven years old, we all had on black when my grandmother died. Right? Mm. And so you never even knew that until own it until you wrote down that 10 year old seven year old memory right mm-hmm. and you hate black and you never knew why you, you hated wearing black well you hate wearing black because of something that happened when you were seven or ten and all these years you never really you never was in tune with that you know 
And yeah. so it's little bitty things in our past that triggers the things in our future is why we can't get past. We can't move past certain things, even though we think we have. You know, we, went, we go around it. <laughs> we go over the problem. We go behind. We go underneath. But really, that one thing is still stopping us really from just going through. You know, I could just go through, but I think I'm just going to go around it. No, you, the reason you're choosing to go around is because it's something that's in your past that's hindering you, that's still holding you back, you know? So that's why I became a life coach. And then when I did my body sculpture business, I became a health coach. Uh, because one thing about me, when I like something, I don't want to just help you. I want to help you whole. I want to help you be whole. You know, if you're unhealthy on the inside, no matter how beautiful you look on the outside, I couldn't help you be whole. I just help you feel temporarily beautiful, you know? Yeah. So it's just my personality. It's just who I am. And so every time I like something and I get a passion for something, I just add coach to it. <laughs> <laughs> and just start coaching people through stuff, okay? That's, that's great. That is a, a awesome talent. That is almost a superpower to be able to coach people <laughs> through things it's one of the I think one of the most difficult things to do because you have to deal with that those walls that that person is putting up to get them to realize what you need them to realize to get to the point where you need they need to be so that you can build them and I don't think a lot of people have that type of mental fortitude to, to do that I, I think that when people go to coaches, and I've seen it before, they're like, I'm going to go to a life coach, I'm going to go to a health coach, I'm going to go to a business coach, and they feel like when they go to that business coach, their business is about to explode, but it's not. It's a coach. A coach shows you and teaches you and tells you things to do, but you have to be willing to do the work. You have to do the work. Or... Um. Have you ever ran into people, I'm pretty sure you you have, that are resistant to the advice that you're giving them when you're trying to uh, coach them? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Relationship coaches. I don't, that's not even nowhere in my title, but mm -hmm. sometimes I end up getting those type of people. And you might disagree, but I'm going to tell you something that I only, I only teach you from my life experience. You know, some people teach you from a book. And to me, I, I, I ain't never known no book to be always right. I'm just saying. Just it's like true. my life experience ain't always right, but it, it's a true experience. It's not something that somebody sat down in their mind and came up with and thought that would work. No, this is my life experience is what I know, you know? Yeah. So when it comes to relationships, when I left my first husband, you know, I went into the world and it was like, you know, I'm a nice looking person. So it's like God was everywhere. Everywhere I turn, and I'm just giving out my number, and I'm running to this guy, and to this guy, and to this guy, and he's gonna give me the world, and this guy gonna give me the world, and this guy, this guy gonna give me the world. And finally, after running around, still trying to work in corporate America, still dealing with a sick child, still trying to get into relationships, because mind you, I, I, I'm still broken. I still wanna be loved, mm -hmm. you know? I still want somebody to tell me that I'm pretty. I still want somebody to tell me that I'm, that I'm, I'm everything to them. You know, I still want these things. And so I'm still running, looking for it, right? And so finally one day I got on my knees and I was like, you know what, God, I'm tired of running in circles, you know? I feel like I'm running. I'm running to drink and I'm running to the club and I'm running to this and I'm running to that. And I think, I, I, I think I'm tired. 
I think I just want to run on these knees and, and pray to you and ask you for guidance. And I, so with that guidance, I just became a better mom. Mm. You know, I became better at my job and my finances, you know. And then from there, I said, now, God, I would like a, I would like a, a mate. I would like a husband. I would like a friend. I would like a partner. And so God said, what does that look like? I'm like, I don't know. He just looked like a man. <laughs> <laughs> he a man. I, he's a man. I don't know. And so I tell people all the time, you never know what you're looking for unless you write it down. Mm-hmm. That's facts. When you, I'm going to do, one thing I, I love for people to do, and I do it every year, is I do um, vision boards. Why? Because no matter what you want in your life, if you don't write it down, you're never going to get there. I, I don't want anybody who would disagree. You have to visualize it. You have to you have to mentally visualize visualize it, but some people gotta mentally and physically write it down and touch it, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's how my man became to me. I wrote him down. I wrote down. He doesn't have to be light skin or dark skin. He didn't have to be black or white. You know, I didn't really care what race he was. You know, but he needed to be a Christian. You know, and so I wrote down all these things that he needed to be. And so now when I have numbers, all these. 10 numbers in one day coming at me when I talk to you on the phone I know within five minutes it's a waste of my time now mind you I have four sons that I birthed and I have one son that I that, I, that was adopted into my family from my first husband because you don't you don't divorce kids mm-hmm. so now I have five sons okay five so I do not want a man who has over three kids period so when I talk to you and we're talking like, oh, my God, you have four boys? I'm like, yeah, and I have a son, except for five. So I have five. He's like, oh, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. I have five, too. I'm like, really? That's awesome. And then I throw his number in the trash. Because, <laughs> and I delete his number on my phone. Because let me explain something to you. I don't want the Brady Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't trying to get there at this time. So why waste his time? Why waste my time? Right? True. And so I had grown. I was no longer a young person. I was 27, yes, and, but I had four kids. So I'm, I'm not the regular 27-year-old. I can't, I'm not looking for a guy who raced cars. You know, I'm not looking for a guy who goes every weekend out of town because I don't have that type of luxury, right? Mm-hmm. So when I meet a guy and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm 28 or I'm 29 or I'm this, and you know, I don't have any kids and he's living his best life. I'm like, oh, I can't live my best life right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not at a place where I can live my best life. So I throw his number in the trash. And so my point is, if you know what you're looking for and you know what you need, it's so much easier to find it. You know, I'm not even going to say it's easier to find it because it's not a true statement. It's easier to get rid of things that's not needed. It's just easier. That's definitely true because I went through the uh, the dating phase myself going through divorce and uh, I was what? I want to say I was 28, 29 at the time, one daughter. And it was, and at the time, my daughter was staying, living with me. So it was like, my life was just different. I go to work, yep. I get up, get a kid ready, get a kid to daycare, go to work, come home, bring the kid home, make dinner, you know, get a, get a wash, get her comfortable and in the bed. And that was my life. So it was like, if you come along and like you say, you want to go jump up and run out of town, you want a club, you want a party, like that ain't my life right now. I'm I'm at the house. I got a kid. My kid's not with her mom. I got a kid every day. Like you got to, and a lot of women weren't used to a man who lived like that because you know most most of the men 
um, have that. Are we a lot of men are weekend dads? They got right. their kid on the weekend or every other weekend or you know stuff like that. Couple of days, maybe a day or two out of the week, they may have them for an hour or two. But when it was like every day, it's like yeah, I can't, I can't deal with you unless you want to deal with me on the weekend. <laughs> It, I mean, honestly, unless you want to put yourself in that spot that, you know, when you get with me, you're, I, I'll see you on the weekend because you can't come over here, come around my daughter because I don't know you like that yet. So exactly. you're willing to deal with that. And it did, like you say, you weed out a whole lot of people, especially when you're honest about it. Like, look, this, this is how my life is right now. You're either on the boat or you're out the boat, you know? That's facts. That's facts. And so I do meet people who totally, I, I just use the, that as an example, who totally disagree with writing down what you're looking for. And they'll give like tons of examples. And I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking you paid me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can help you because what people don't realize is you're going to a coach to change your mindset. Yeah. I'm trying to change your mindset. I don't want you to tell me what you think. Because if you knew what you were thinking, you wouldn't be with a coach. <laughs> exactly. Let me coach you. Let me help you. Let me guide you. You know? And I'm so, a, yes, I've dealt with those type of people. <laughs> I'm going to tell you when I really got into the whole, um, like you said, writing things down, I had a friend of mine. And one day, Richard, he had accomplished his goal in a way. Financially, he accomplished his goal. And we were sitting back talking about that. He lived out of the country. He came in for a weekend. We're sitting back and we're having some drinks and we're talking. And I'm just like, man, it's just so awesome how you, you know, you you always talked about where you wanted to be financially and you're there. And he was happy with the life he was living to. It wasn't like he was miserable but making a good amount of money. He was happy doing what he was doing. The only thing he didn't really like was living outside of the states but he was willing to put up with that it wasn't a deal breaker type situation and he said man he went in his wallet and he pulled out this um piece of paper little you know letters style what do you call it landscape style piece of paper uh-huh. about the size of a check and he was like look at this and i look at it and he had drawn on there like a check and he had written on, on there the um I think it was like a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollars amount paid to him and so on and so forth. And he was like, you know, since we was uh coming out of high school, I wrote this and I stuck it in my wallet and I walked around with that every day. So every time I went in my wallet, I looked at this piece of paper. I forget where he said he got the idea from, but he didn't just come up with it himself. He right. said every day he when he won his wallet. By soda, he see this check. Every time he pull out his debit card, he see this check. And he was like, he kept telling himself one day that check was gonna be a real check. And then his first, his first big payout that he ever got was $150,000. And he was All like, right now. You see what I'm but saying? He claimed it. He visualized it. He wrote it down. He felt it. He believed it. Yeah, so. I have my little uh, vision board up on my refrigerator. So every every time I go get a juice, every time I get a drink of water, I have to look at my goals right there and confront myself and say, what are you doing to push toward these things right here? What are you, and you have to, and then it makes you accountable too, because it's like, it okay, does. I'm, I'm slacking. 
because I say I want this, but I haven't done this. There's no way I can get to there without going through here first. And yeah, it's, it's a powerful tool. It's definitely a powerful tool. I made a vision board planner uh, this year. Um, and so it's a, it's a planner um, that you take with you every single day. And the first page in the planner is your vision board. And so as soon as you open it every day, mm-hmm. your vision board is there. Like everything that you wrote down financially, um, like my bucket list, my goals, the books you want to read, anything that you wrote down, it's like your, it's like a calendar for you. So you just carry it around, put it in a certain spot every day. You look at it, and the reason why I did that is because I noticed that a lot of people they get that was a good idea about your vision board being on your refrigerator, but some people put it all nice, beautiful, and fancy behind a door. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's um spot in the corner somewhere that they never look at and so I wanted to make it more tangible for people and so I made a vision board I saw so I called it a vision board planner and um it does really well and people are like oh my god I love this planner of course you do because when I made it I made you in mind you know that's what we don't realize I don't I don't cater to everybody I cater to just you mm-hmm. you know when I when I make something or I do something it's for a person you see what I'm saying like when you try to be too, when you try to cater to everybody, you're going to please nobody, you know? Mm-hmm. So my only book is for those people. It's for you. The person who gets it and it helps, it's for them. You know, the vision board planner people, the ones who get it, it's for them. It's not for everybody. It's for those people who need that little extra. I need to be motivated. I need to keep going. I need to get my life together. It's for them, you know? Yeah. And so... That's that's how I believe. That's how I live my life. That's how I make things. I made a children book called uh, Children Are Beautiful in All Shapes and Shades of Colors. You know? Mm-hmm. Why? For my children who don't feel as beautiful. You know, it's not for the confident kids. You know? So everything that I put out is for, it's, it, it has its purpose. You know? That's awesome. Now, uh-huh. before, before we get out of here, I got a question that okay. I ask every guest. So, if you were to have to give a random person advice on how to get through what they're going through, I changed the question up a little bit for each guest, depending on their specialty. If you had to give a person, random person, top of your head, just walked up to you and said, hey, how do I get through what I'm going through? What advice would you give them? Well, if, a, if I was, it depends on where I were, but if I had some time, I would tell them, can we sit down and talk for a second? Uh, and if we were to sit down and talk for a second, the first thing I would ask them, how did they get there and how could they stop, prevent from getting back there? Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, ma'am. So I can talk, to, I can tell you how to go to go across the street. That's fine. That's easy. I can tell you how to get to the store right, left, and backwards and frontwards. But none of that is going to be helpful to you if we don't figure out the root. And that's why my book on it is I always go back to it. How, how do you think you got here? You know, mm-hmm. what happened? Well, let's, 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 let's go back. It's not a judgment. That, the, the question isn't judging you. How are we going to fix it if we don't even know how you got here? You know, and some people are crying. Because when you ask people how they get somewhere, the first thing they do is feel like you're judging them. You know? Mm-hmm. It feel like you're asking them that because you want to crit. No, I don't want to criticize you at all. I want to know how did you get to this place? 
how did you get to the point of of no concern of of worry of of despair you know how did you get here okay now let's work our way back out you know that was great. i don't know if that was a good enough answer for that you was, but that was how great. i would um handle it that'll, ha- that'll have to be one of my top three best answers that i've got to those <laughs> questions now tell the people i don't want to hold you up all night tell the people where they can find your book at all right i'm on amazon if you put in my name r-a-y-c-h-e-l-l P-E-N-N-S. I also have my own website, which is the same, www.raychelpnns.com. And then actually, if you go to my website, you'll see everything that I have going on. My businesses, uh, I have tech service, I do body sculpting, um, I do book uh, projects for people who want to write books, but kind of scared and need that little extra support. I do um, life coach, health coach, so anything you need, just go to my website, RachelPins.com. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, do you have uh, any virtual events or anything coming up you want to promote? I don't. Okay. That's fine. You, you're a busy person. You're a serial entrepreneur out here. You got a lot of things <laughs> going on, a lot of irons in the fire. I want to tell you, I appreciate you for taking the time out to talk to me today. It was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed it. And to the listeners, as always, I love and appreciate each and every last one of y'all because without you guys, I'd just be sitting here talking to myself. (laughs) Thank y'all for tuning in once again to Thoughts About the VLDI, the podcast.